0: Hey, I'm Elissa Nicole Trust, an actor and writer based in New York
1: City. I'm Lauren Schaffel, an actor and producer also living in New York City. And we are Positive Creativity Podcast. Positive Creativity is a podcast where we speak with artists from all disciplines about how they got their start, what's inspiring them, and how they stay positive in the entertainment industry. We speak with artists based in New York, L.A., and beyond.
0: Our goal is to give creative artists a platform to share their experiences and talk about their work. We hope that our listeners will enjoy the insights, stories, and perspectives from a diverse group of artists from all sides of the industry. Thanks for listening. Nicole Pryor Der Nersessian is the founder of Firestarter Entertainment, a talent agency that represents over a thousand actors for television, film, commercials, print, and theater. Before FSE, Nicole performed in The Phantom of the Opera for six and a half years, becoming the first African-American to play the role of the confidant. Nicole taught vocal lessons for over 14 years, including a two year stint as an adjunct professor at her alma mater, Pepperdine University. In 2019, Nicole launched the nonprofit organization Inclusion Media Group, striving to make a more inclusive world by creating content that tells diverse stories. As you can hear, Nicole is an extremely impressive woman and we were so inspired by her ambition and her accomplishments. Her creativity, willingness to do things differently than they've always been done, and ability to see possibility is truly incredible. She is such a smart businesswoman and in this episode, she also provided some really valuable financial advice for entrepreneurs that can be definitely applied to individuals as well. Nicole is amazing, and we are certain that you will find this episode valuable and enjoy it greatly. Happy
1: listening. Welcome, Nicole. Hey. Thank you. Well, we are so excited to chat with you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.
2: Yay. Of
0: course. So our first question is... What is currently inspiring you?
2: Ooh, what is currently inspiring me? Hmm. You know what's currently inspiring me? I love, love, love watching podcasts, shows, anything related to entrepreneurs. Like I am just obsessed. Like I, I love million dollar listing. I love even like selling sunset, even though it's mostly about the drama. Those girls are also like working, I like anything that shows people working towards their goals and their dreams. It just Mm -hmm. inspires me to keep working hard and, you know, because being an entrepreneur is probably the hardest thing you could ever do in your life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so watching other people who are pursuing what they love and what they're working towards is really inspiring seeing what they're doing to make it happen for their dreams, seeing how they're doing it, what inspires them, what keeps them moving forward, what books they're reading, all of that stuff is just really inspiring. Um, inspiring to me so I'm like I watched Ryan Sirhan. he has his own YouTube channel I watch his YouTube channel all the time and just random entrepreneurs out there
1: I love that
0: okay I have to know do you watch Shark Tank
2: I you know I used to watch Shark Tank all the time but I haven't watched it in a while okay
0: I'm obsessed with Shark Tank so <laughs> I want there to be a Shark Tank musical and I want to write the book but anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, i think that'd be amazing no i love shark tank i it's, think it's again you know people with their their dreams with their product that they've created and they're selling it to the sharks but i like i do like all the sharks so i follow like i just watched an interview with barbara Co- cochran today oh, wow. um and about her life and all of the stuff that she's uh, done in her life like starting literally from n- nothing like a poor family, everything, and just how she started with, I think, a thousand dollar investment to being, you know, her. And it's, wow. it's just really inspiring listening to these people's stories and what they had to do to get where they are. It's amazing. So yeah, she didn't just happen to be a shark on Shark Tank. She She worked her butt off to be there, especially amongst those men. And she holds her own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So
0: that's a really great answer and really inspiring. And I could see why, since you are an entrepreneur, that would really resonate with you and be something that you could learn from. And I'm curious if there are any threads, common threads, things that you hear over and over when you are consuming this content that makes certain people successful.
2: Hmm. That's a good question. You know, there's a lot of things that make people successful, but the one thing that I here consistently is finding your passion like if you do not there's a million kajillion ways to make money if your goal is to like become rich and successful you can do that doing anything but sustaining it and trying because becoming successful is not easy unless you get lucky and lucky is not like really a thing for most people. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to take hard work and sustainability and hard work and diligence. And in order to remain mm-hmm. diligent, you have to be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't actually like what you're doing, the work isn't the part, the end, right? Like I posted one day, you know, I posted one day on Instagram because I feel like Instagram is an image of what you've become, right? Like it'll show you on a red carpet. It'll show you doing your performance at a show. It'll show you doing what you've worked to become, but it doesn't show the rehearsals. Usually it doesn't show all of the the auditions. It doesn't show a lot of the work that, that it took to get there. Right. And so I asked on my social media and I'm like, do you guys want to see the work or do you want to see the end product? And most, a lot of people were like, yeah, the work, but do they really like everyone responds to the end product. They love that red carpet picture. They love all of that stuff. Um, and for me, I know that the part that's the hard part really is the work part. That's the real day to day. That's the down and dirty. That's the part that's ugly. That's the part that's hard. That's the part that makes you cry. That's the part that makes you want to give up. That's the part that makes you want to like freaking just throw in the towel, but if you're passionate about it, that's what keeps you going because you're like, there's nothing more I want than this, whatever that is for you. It doesn't matter. Like being an entrepreneur is just one thing. But if you are like, I want to be a lawyer, this is all I've ever wanted to be the passion for law, the passion for wanting to be a if you just want to be a lawyer, because that's what you thought your parents wanted you to be, it's going to be torture. And even if you make it through law school, even if you make it to the point where you become a lawyer, you're going to hate your dead life you know, and who wants that, you know? So the one thing that I would say the through line that I hear from all of them is that passion is the key. Mm. And, you know, and that's the first step finding what you really, truly, truly, truly want.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I think just thinking about um, actors and artists, right. And like the, the awards red carpet thing, right. You always hear these yeah. things where people are like, "Wow, where did that person come from? Like this unknown person. Now they're doing overnight success." Right. Right? And you're like, "If you only knew how much, you know, like, who knows, black box, like how hard, hard it was. Right? Like, yeah. How many? I, I, write, I one day I want to write a book called
2: Overnight Success." And and put like, but it'll be like overnight success, 50 years in the making. Yes! <laughs> I just think that everyone I remember a girl from college, like it was when I booked my first big show. I was in Phantom of the Opera for six and a half years before I decided mm-hmm. to do entrepreneurship. And she was just like, Oh, you're so lucky. And I was, and I remember being so offended, like <gasps> I am not freaking lucky. Do you know how hard it was to get this far? I was the first black person to play the role I played in the show. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to become the first at anything, let alone book a Broadway show, let alone like do anything spectacular in your life I was like that's not luck the lucky part I would say is maybe being born in America maybe being born to parents who are encouraging maybe being you know getting to go to a university that was great like those kind of things I would call lucky because Mm -hmm. not everyone has those things afforded to them but the hard work to get there that was not the lucky part yeah
1: 100 percent yeah
2: so like I'm not lucky (laughs) lucky-ish good parents parents. yeah
1: i've always heard that phrase described before right that it's like what is it when luck meets opportunity it's like when you're you know you find success or whatever but yeah i don't know as you're talking about it i don't know how much luck really plays a part in it all like the the yeah what you're describing the hard work that you have to do that you know If you don't have all that behind you, when that opportunity arrives, it could just pass. Like
2: you're not prepared when that opportunity lands on your on your
1: desk. That's right. You're
2: not going to be ready. Like no matter who your parents are, no matter how famous you are, no matter how much money you have, if you can't actually perform the task at hand, I don't want a brain surgeon that happens to you know, be a wealthy person. I don't freaking care if you have a billion dollars and you can't do brain surgeries. Yeah. And I have a brain tumor that needs to go away. Like, I don't care who you are. You need to bring the goods to the table. Oh,
1: so, that you know, I, terrifying to me, a billion. Right? <laughs> I, know
2: what to do. no. I don't need nepo- a, nepotistic, no. a
1: nepotistic brain surgeon. No. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. You no. Know. No. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's a no. It's
2: a no. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say that's the case with most things. You know, you see people who are elevated sometimes because of who they are. And there are certain industries, I think, that can accept that. But but it's really hard in most. You know, even in the arts, yeah, sure, people do get elevated because of who they are and who their family are. But if they can't really do the task, like a re- like. Are they really going to get those Oscars? Are they really going to get those Tonys? Are they really going to get those Emmys? Probably not if they don't really have the goods. Like some do utilize their family background to get those opportunities, but they also still are prepared. Right. They also still do the work to be good. You Mm -hmm. know? Yes. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So speaking of entrepreneurship, we'd love to hear your story of what led you to becoming an entrepreneur and founding Firestarter Entertainment. Um, yeah. How did that I love it.
2: Yeah, I love the origin story of, of becoming an accidental entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> so I was a performer for most of my career. That's all I ever wanted to be since I was 12 years old. I wanted to be in a Broadway show. It's just, I saw Phantom of the Opera when I was 12, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, fast forward, I, I actually booked that show. I do it for six and a half years. Um, for me, doing a show for six and a half years, 2,600 shows of Phantom, mm. it became very boring. I have a lot of energy. I'm a creative person. Um, and for me, it was like being a robot like mm. for eight shows a week, and you're just like the same thing over and over again. So... Um, I started Firestarter Entertainment while I was doing Phantom, because anyone who does, you know, a show, you know, eight shows a week, you have pretty much the whole day free, usually, unless there's a rehearsal or something, which is rare, Um, you have the whole day free. So I taught voice lessons in the day, but I also um, I started Firestarter Entertainment, but I started it as a production company Mm. to start. I wrote a couple shows. Um, One called "Our Voice," a celebration of Black women in music, which was a a Black History Month program, and I marketed it to universities around the country um, and small theaters. And we did like, and I cast my other Broadway friends, like friends from *Mamma Mia*, *Lion King*, like all these random shows, and put these girls into the show. And um, when, and I, I actually was an advertising major in college, so I finally got to use my degree to, to help promote the show and we got it booked. I actually got the show booked around the country. And so we did these little mini tours to schools. Um, I did another show called the Soprano sisters, which was three African-American. We had one classical piece in our voice, um, which was Porgy and Best from summertime. And, we noticed that like, especially in the black community, they weren't used to seeing classically trained black singers. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason, it just isn't, you know, you don't see that often anymore. Um, You don't really see classical singers often anymore anyway. Um, But specifically the black community was just so proud of us. Like whenever the, whoever did that part, um, and it was just summertime. Everyone knows that song, Mm -hmm. but it, it, for that person always got the most people coming up to them afterwards and like feeling just so touched and proud. Like, Mm. look at you, like you're singing classical music. Like, Oh, that's so amazing. Like you must be so trained. And so I created a show based around just classical music as well with three black girls singing classical music. So we traveled those, the show Phantom closed in 2012 um, and I moved back to LA where I'm from. And my friends and I, because we're Broadway performers, we're having trouble getting television and film representation. And I personally feel that Broadway performers are the most talented people, not because I was one, but because like they are (laughs) like they Mm -hmm. sing, dance and act. Like they do all three. Like, it's not just singing. They have to actually emote and act and, you know, tell a story. It's not natural to like break out into song in the middle of a, a monologue. It has to make sense. And, you know, acting is what gets you there. Um, and so I, it just didn't make any sense that people didn't understand the transition, especially back in the golden age of theater and, and movies. That's where they pulled all the stars yeah. from the stage to become these golden age, you know, movie stars. Mm-hmm. So it's just, really, it was odd to me. And so I had my company Firestarter Entertainment. Long story short, my, you know, my husband's an entrepreneur and Basically, he was just like, why don't you do it yourself? And I was like, huh. (laughs) One of my voice students booked Lion King, and I helped her get the show at the same, this is like the same time frame. And in her contract, they sent it to me because I like submitted her and did all this stuff. Like, I knew the casting director since I was like 18 years old, because I had personally auditioned for them forever. And so they sent all the contracts and everything to me, because I was helping this little girl. And she booked um, Young Nala on Broadway, Wow. And um, from me, like sending her in, I was trained her on it. Like it was this whole thing. Cause at the time I was also teaching like 15 people in the Lion King Oh so, wow. and three out of the four kids in the Vegas company of the show were my students. So I knew exactly what she needed to do. So I got her prepared. She books it freaking amazing day, literally crying like a baby. I think I cried more for her than I did for myself when I booked <laughs> uh, for phantom. And in her contract, when it came, it said, Nicole Pryor agent. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just her voice teacher. And this was like the same time frame where my husband was like, you should just do it yourself. And I was like, huh. I was like, I guess that's kind of what I did. <laughs> I did agent this little girl and my friends are struggling. I already have my company. And so I looked up on how to become an agent. It's like this long freaking list in LA on how to do that. Um, I always say, give me a list and I'll complete it. And I did. It took about three months of processing to switch my company to a talent agency, but I did it. Uh, it costs money. I, I will say as an actor, as any, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, if you have an idea, like say you're in a job and you have an idea for something that you want to build, save your freaking money. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And And don't quit your day job while you're building your next thing. Um, so I I was a professor at Pepperdine University as well when Phantom closed. So I stayed working at Pepperdine for two years. I didn't even take a paycheck for two years from my company. Um, so I started it. I started with thirteen clients who were my friends. Literally, like none of us could find TV film representation. So I was like, I was like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing but like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> like, like, I can't promise you stardom, but I could promise you I'm a hard freaking worker and yeah. we'll just see what happens. And, you know, you really don't have any other choices. So let's just see what happens. So they all signed on these. I remember driving to their houses to sign their contracts with me. It was so hysterical. Now um, everything's <laughs> really digital. It's so right. funny. Like I literally came with physical paper. They would sign it like, wow. Um, So I had that happened. And then I'll always remember my first booking. Like, I remember the first audition. That's my favorite. Like the first audition came through. This is one thing that I will say is I'm a mover before I kind of plan strategically. So I was like, well, I know my friends need help. So I'm just going to jump in. Mm. So I got the list, figured it out, became an agency. And then I was like, well, I have to submit them on breakdowns. So I'm going to submit them on breakdowns. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I just knew, like, okay, they're looking for a white girl in their 20s. Oh, I have one. Submit them. Like, it was just, like, that simple. So I just was submitting people, and I remember getting notes from a casting director who said I submitted on his breakdown completely wrong. Like, he sent me a, 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 a C-mail, not an email, c C-mail, <laughs> but just through, yeah. like, oh. breakdown and he's and he chewed me out like literally was like you submitted on my breakdown all wrong and and awesome. then we became friends yeah. instead of me being like offended I was like hey like I'm new can you can we have lunch so you could like walk me through the process and let me know like how you want to be submitted to and he's like sure oh. and so we became friends oh, <laughs> he so was cool. like Yeah. That's how you like switch that kind of stuff. Cause he was, it was pretty mean the email. I'll always remember it. But now I would say he's one of my mentors and really like help, you know, me at the very beginning stages, um, not make the same mistakes again. And I am a quick learner. I pay attention and, you know, you only have to tell me once and I'll fix it. Um, so I remember the first audition, I didn't know how to send an audition. I I figured it out when the first audition came in, the first booking. I didn't know how to book somebody. I figured it out the first booking came in. I didn't know how to do payments for the person um, when the payment came in. I knew the check was supposed to come to us, but I didn't know how to process it. So figured that out, um, figured out our process. um, But I love a good process as well. Like I, I don't shy away from being the best that I can be. Um, I'm a huge YouTube, YouTube and Googler. Like I will Google and YouTube the life out of every subject to make sure that I know what I'm doing and know how I'm doing it and make sure that I'm doing it the best that I could do. But I'm also an innovator. Like if if I find that the way that things are going in other agencies or other ways. I'll, I'll change it. Like, I'll be like, why do I, it's my own company. Like, why do I have to do it the way that everyone else does it? Mm-hmm. So I built a whole system um, that our client, like our clients have a portal where they can go and check their um, auditions right in our system. Um, I created all this during the pandemic when everything shut down. Cause I was, I kind of learned how to mini code and built our wow. own little mm-hmm. system for our clients. So at the end of the day, I'm a learner I'm a hard worker and, you know, growing the company from scratch was a lot, but it was probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done and crazy. And I can't believe I did it because it it wasn't the intention at all. I was just trying to help my friends. I was trying to, I forgot to, I forgot an important thing. I was representing myself too. Oh, wow. Nicole, My married name during recession session was representing my maiden name, Nicole Pryor. (laughs) And the whole thing was like, well, once I book a show, I'm just going to like shut down the company. (laughs) And, and then I remember going to one of my first TV film auditions. It was for parks and recreation. And that was my last TV film audition. And I literally walked in and I did my like co-star one-liner audition. And I was just like, this is, I'm going to have to do this. Cause I remember, you know, it took me years to book phantom. I was like, I'm going to have to go and do like, all these one-liners for years before I book anything. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the agency was starting to pick up. People were starting to book the And I was like, I think they're just going to throw everything into the agency and build the agency up and make it, you know, a monetary thing a financial resource so that I could build my own content in the future because and I I used to say I always wanted to be Aja McDonald like she was my person oh. I'm like she sings, she's on television she's or Barbara Streisand you know they they do like the stage and like television and movies like I was like that's the perfect star um Now I look at people like Lin-Manuel, Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, who are both creative, but also uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and creating their own content. And I look at them as my resource, as my um, inspiration. Um, And my whole mindset has kind of shifted in this process. And so I stopped auditioning. I was like, I'm done with that. I'm going to focus my energy on the company and building it. And so 10 years, we just celebrated 10 years this year and, and it's going really, really well. And it's like, it's really, really exciting to finally be in a position to be able to create content. If I want to do all the things I started a nonprofit called inclusion media group a couple of years ago. Um, and that's where I plan to create the content that I want to see. Um, Cause for me, it's not just about making things, it has to be making things that make a difference in the world, and so I created Inclusion Media Group, because as a Black girl growing up, I grew up in Ventura County in California, which is a very white area, so I felt very, like, not included for a lot of my childhood, and so I think that in order to help people be more inclusive, we need to see more diverse content, um, and, and not just, like, diversity as it pertains, like skin color. I mean, like diversity as it pertains to people from all over the world, different disabilities, like all of that stuff so we could understand each other better and include one another in all aspects of life. If you don't know much about each other, how can you include each other? You know, Mm -hmm. you become scared or fearful of who that person is because you don't know who they are because you have a preconceived notion of of what you think they are without Mm -hmm. getting to know them. So if we can present different types of people, maybe people will like like Shonda Rhimes, she does that like, you know, I watch Bridgerton and it's so great Mm. to see all that diversity because it breaks so many stereotypes of what you think diversity is supposed to be and that's, you know, I think and it doesn't shove it down your throat, right? It's not about race, the show is just about love and whatever and that's what makes that show so impacting, impacting? Impactful? Yeah. So anyway, I
1: could go on and on. I feel like I've answered like the longest question in the world. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful to always, this is our favorite part of yes. the podcast is hearing stories <laughs> and like you could go on for like an hour and we would be mesmerized. Yes. Uh, yes. it's just, it's so cool to hear just how open you were, like to all the different kind of just twists and turns that came, um, being able to, yeah, make that decision to just say, you know what, like, I'm putting everything into the agency. This is where, where my gut is telling me to go. And I, I imagine that also was really hard to kind of roll with that feeling, right? To be like, no, my, my track was set to be a performer, right? And I'm, you know, was on Broadway and I'm going to book my next show and I'm going to, you know, now do TV and film. And then to have that, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. it's, it's just incredible, though, that you were able to kind of embrace that, that fear and step into a new track. Um, and you
2: have, to, like, you have to see how you can still get what you want, but maybe in a different way than what you thought. Yeah. And you also have to realize that an open door is an open door. Yeah. And sometimes the open door can still lead to where you're trying to go. If you can see that that open door can still lead where you're trying to go, then you should take it. If though you see that that open door isn't leading where, like I work, I've worked the Oscars for this year's was my 10th year working the Oscars. Yeah. And I, um, and I work on the talent relations committee this year. They made us talent relations producers. Um, but we, we basically handle the talent from the red carpet through their winner's block. Like it's the, awesome job it's so wow. fun um however like i quit the job last year the year before last they wrangled me back in in the pandemic that's a longer story but this year for sure was my last year and the reason why is cuz you know as much as it is so fancy and so amazing it's always the Oscars for me has always been an inspiration just to be adjacent to the people that I want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm there with like these Oscar winners and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I want to be you when I grow up supporting them in that capacity is inspiring, but it's not getting me anywhere. And every year it's about three months of my schedule that is being pulled with my agency and that I'm working like, like in one week, the week of the Oscars you work about 96
1: hours. That's how
2: crazy it is. So it's like, so, and then you have to recover, right? Like it takes you about two weeks to feel like a normal human again after the show is over. And so I was like, is this time serving me anymore? Like 10 years is a long time to be inspired and walking adjacent to the people I want to be. Could I be utilizing those couple of months to to get an Oscar versus working next to people who have them? (laughs) I want to earn one. So mm-hmm. is, is doing this job hindering that? Yes. You know, I've met all the people that I can meet, you know, the people that, you know, the, the big stars, all those people there, we're there to support them that day. We're not networking with them. That's not, it's not the purpose of that day um, and that job. And so I've done, you know, I've been inspired enough and it's, it's scary to have to, like you said, I always say you have to say no to things in order to say yes to the right things. Mm. And it sometimes is so scary because it's the shiniest, most amazing thing in the world. Like you are saying no to the freaking Oscars. (laughs) What's wrong with you? But I know that it's not serving the purpose of winning an Oscar. Like I'm not going to win if I keep wasting three months out of the year supporting other people and their dreams yeah. that doesn't make any sense but it but it but it was inspiring right like being there definitely but it's not um serving me anymore and you know and i i'm matured to a point where i get it i understand okay now i need to really get to work yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's hard it's hard it's really hard but I also say you're living someone else's dream sometimes when you say yes to, mm. there is somebody out there whose dream is to work as a talent relations producer, not to win an Oscar, but they want to only support the Oscar winners, which is still obviously an amazing job, yeah. but I'm stealing someone else's opportunity. Mm. It's not even what I want, but I'm there because I'm like, well, I can't let it go. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of adjacent to what I want right let it go so someone else could live their dream and then really focus on your dream but it's hard because it's like oh Mm. but what am I doing but
1: yeah you
2: have to say no to some shiny things sometimes when it's not really the dream that you're trying to go for
1: that's so relatable and yeah apps I think our listeners will be super inspired hearing that story um it's also funny we may cut this but it's funny so when I i lived in New York for a long time. I grew up in L.A. also. I just moved back to L.A. about a year ago. And when I first moved back, I was working at the Academy Museum um, Okay, because I've like always worked in museums. It's just like my other life and like love being a tour guide and that thing. And I was like, yes, I'm going to work at the Academy Museum exactly as you said. I was like, so I could be inspired by like my God, there's Oscar winners on every wall. There's literally yes. like an experience called the Oscars experience, it's where people cool. go in it's and great. like, oh yeah, listen to it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> where you like pretend to and accept an Academy Award, and it's like on a virtual Dolby stage. And I, yeah, we'll definitely cut this because I, <laughs> I hated working there. I it sucked my soul. Like it was long days we basically were like glorified security guards. Instead of really interacting with people, we would just stand in the galleries, which were dark and like, we're all black. And nobody really wanted to talk to you. And even if like, (laughs) and even if like a celebrity happened to come in, it wasn't like I could go up and be like, Oh my God, like Mr. Clooney, I love you. Like, let me show you. (laughs)
2: People have no idea what it's like. Like my husband will be like, make sure to take pictures with all the celebrities. Like, like like it's currency of something. And I'm like, no, like that is not my purpose. Like they're like, Right,
1: like I can't. You can't do that. these yeah. people, like you can't do that. No, you would get fired. Like it made you get fired in heart. Like <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny. I it was a difficult decision. I'd never really quit a job that soon, but I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's not. It's not at all what I intended it to be. It was not inspiring and like career forward at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like no.
2: I'm, I'm so proud of you though for doing that because again, people would be like. You're crazy. You're working at the Academy Museum. Think of all the people who would want that job. Like, how could you? Right. I mean,
1: that's <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. and I was like, no. Yeah. It's you just trust me. You gotta know it's not the right. It's not the right path.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you have to be crazy sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to say no to things that that seem like the yeses, but they aren't. And totally. It can be scary. And also because, like, you could also end up being a stubborn person about that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, you could be like, no, I was always meant to be, I I said I was going to be an actor. This is all I'm ever going to be. And then forgetting that you have other gifts, forgetting that you have other interests, forgetting that there's other things that you're actually good at, that you may actually enjoy. And being brave enough to explore those and being brave enough to understand that those can support, not only support, but support the other goals that you have in your life. Um, And it's, but it's scary because you don't know how, right? Like you don't, I had no idea when starting my agency that it would lead to me loving being an entrepreneur, like all of a sudden I'm watching like Brian Serhan like on his, like, like, and it's exciting to me watching these entrepreneurs, watching an interview with the shark tank girl. Like (laughs) I feel like I'm an alternate human of myself. Like, (laughs) like who am I? But it's a part of me and it always was there. But if I wasn't brave enough to explore it, I wouldn't be not only successful. It's not even just the successful part, but I feel like a complete person. I feel so much more me than I was even, and I feel so much more in control yeah. of who I am and my destiny. I don't think I felt that as an actor as much because so much of your life is in the control of others. Right. When you're a performer and it's not, the performing part isn't, right? You are an actor because you're an actor. You're a performer because you're a performer. You're a singer because you're a singer. That is the the thing you have to always remember. If you're an artist, you're an artist because you woke up in the morning and you have that gift, Period. But the the issue is people make it feel like someone else telling you that you are good at that. Someone else giving you a job somehow says, oh, yes, you are a singer. No, no, no. You already were a singer. Mm. You already are a singer. You are good at this. However... Because you were five four and they need you to be five six, you're not going to get the job. Does that make you any less good? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it just means you're not five six. And so the hard part for me as an actress is just you get so confused mm-hmm. by all of that, and you feel so out of control in in understanding that your gifts are 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 still real and still good and and still a part of you when other people are saying no it starts to be like they're the ones who are telling you that it's good mm-hmm. they're the ones that give you a job and and confirm your talents <laughs> and it's not true but it but you also have to make a living um so I feel like I have a lot more control now um and and when I sing I could sing I have a piano right outside of my office here at my house and I just go and sing and play the piano Aww. and it's like the best time it's you know and now it's just like for me and people ask me once in a while to do events and stuff and i'll go and do those just for fun i don't get paid to do them it's great and then when i decide to create something i will you know and i will like my goal right now is to get an egot like i want an emmy golden globe i mean you know what do you know emmy what is it grammy oscar tony and tony yeah so that's the goal, but creating what? I have no idea. So I'm just waiting for inspiration. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Well if anyone could do it, it's going to be you because what I'm hearing throughout this conversation that's so impressive and inspiring is how you are really open-minded and creative and you really think outside the box and you're very open. So I think that a lot of people have the idea that you had or really, I guess that your husband had, you know, oh, just yeah. be submit yourself so. under your married name and run the business as your maiden name or vice versa. And like, that's a brilliant idea. I've talked about that with friends. Have any of us actually done it? Absolutely not because it's such a huge... Like, yeah, it's a good idea in theory, but, like, to actually do it. sounds crazy. It, it's, it sounds crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, the
2: weirdest part was, you know, I've been doing this my, since I was, like, in college, like, my senior year of college. I've known these casting directors since I was 18. So, imagine emailing casting My favorite was uh, one of the – my agent became a casting director. Okay. And I was and we're friends. Oh god. <laughs> and so right when I made that transition, she made the transition to casting and an artistic director over at La Jolla Playhouse oh in San Diego. Oh and we we're like, <laughs> we're emailing, and she didn't know it was me. Oh my God. Oh my I couldn't say anything because I was still acting. So I was just kind of like, you know, Nicole Derner's- Who's this random Nicole Derners? That's on person from Firestarter Entertainment. And then I think a year later, I revealed myself. I started revealing myself once I stopped acting. Like, uh, I will always remember a conversation that I had with Craig Burns at Telsey. And uh, we were booking one of my clients and I was like, it's Nicole Pryor. He's like, Nicole Pryor, like Nicole Pryor, like, <laughs> yeah, Nicole Pryor. And he was like, what, what's happening? What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I'm an agent. And he's like, what? Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I'm revealing myself to her, same thing. She was just like, wait, what? Like what's going on? Oh my but God. you know, it, yeah, it's weird. The whole thing was very, the transition was very funny. <laughs>
0: It's because you were open to possibility that you were able to do that. And same with kind of just realizing that maybe your time would be better spent not being the Oscars talent relations producer. I think that, yeah, this like what I'm hearing as a common thread in this conversation is, yeah, this openness and like also I think the theme of this season is start before you're ready because it sounds like that's kind of how it sounds like everything you've done is but because you believe in possibility and see your own potential you've been able to kind of meet it and you're resourceful and teaching yourself how to do things using the resources that are YouTube and Google which are incredible and I think that the difference between Someone like you, who's doing it and really successful, and a lot of other people, is that you're just willing to take the chance and just take the leap and do it, even if you don't really know what you're doing, because then you 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 learn learn and you become, and now you're successful at what you're doing. I just I think that is so inspiring. Yeah,
2: and I, and I think it's speaking out loud. Like I, I always have this quote that I say, which is speak and live your truth and the universe will answer. Mm-hmm. And I think people sometimes are afraid to say what they truly want because they don't yeah. want to sound pretentious or arrogant or or too like delusional. Awful. Like yeah. saying that I want to eat Like I just started saying that out loud. I said it in a post and I'm like, it's OK. It's okay to want more like you're allowed to dream you're allowed to want so much out of your life. It's not ostentatious to want more. Yeah. And when you say it out loud, you never know who's freaking listening, and who can answer the call and who can fulfill the things that you want or introduce you to a person like what if you're like my goal is to meet celine dion and then you say it to whoever will listen right you're at the grocery store and then someone's like actually my sister is like best friends with celine's cook like who knows <laughs> you just never know who you're talking to how how the stars can align but also you are creating accountability with the universe yeah. when you say it out loud when you speak it when you start moving in the direction of what you want you're creating accountability with everyone. And what's great about social media is like when you're posting stuff that you want, now everyone freaking knows. And if you don't do it, you're going to feel a little losery. So now you kind of have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to to pursue it. You created accountability of your fault, like of your friends and family Mm. by speaking it out loud. So I think it's really important to be honest with yourself, but be really, really And I think it goes also with like, we were talking about it earlier. If you don't want to be an actor anymore, but you've always wanted to be, if you wanted to be a fireman and you're like, I don't really want to be anymore. Like you have to be honest with yourself at Mm -hmm. some point when no longer those childhood dreams are who you are today. You know, don't let your child self dictate who you are today. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard when that's all you've known that you wanted to be. But who you are today may be a whole different person mm-hmm. because you are—you come with new experiences, new learning, new yeah. lots of things. Yeah. So you become a different person at some point, and those goals may change, and you have to be brave enough to explore that. And and sometimes, like you said, Alyssa, Aly- Alyssa, yes, yeah. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, to jump in you have to just do it you know and and don't do it before you're ready like that that is a i like how you said that because people think they have to like know everything mm. before they start and sure you do have to know something right like you need to learn you know if you don't know how to write an email or if you don't know how to use email like you know there are certain things that in whatever business you're doing you're gonna have to learn but i you know people get stuck on a business plan, for instance, mm-hmm. they'll start on a business plan and they'll, they don't know how to write a business plan. So then they get stuck writing like this weird business plan, like five years out. I would have five years planned out ahead of time. I didn't even think I was going to last like a couple of months. I was going to book mm-hmm. a series regular or something mm-hmm. like you just kind of need to know where, what your, what your goal is. If you're like, I make scarves. What is your goal? I want to sell it to a person. Okay, how do I sell it to a person? Oh, I need to maybe, you know, put it online on an Etsy. Okay, how do I get it online on an Etsy? Oh, I just go to Etsy and sign up for an account. Oh, how do I do that? Oh, easy. Okay, how do I put it on there? Oh, I take a picture and then I just stick it on there. And then people look for it. Oh, and then how do I get more eyeballs on it? Maybe I post about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's really that simple. It's just a to-do list. And I think people get stuck on like the P and L's and all this stuff that really should come later. Yeah. Yeah, You know, once you start building the business and creating a real model that the business can be successful, then you can start developing all of that other stuff. But initially most businesses are quite simple, you know, Um, and it becomes more complicated later (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah I also love the story that you shared about like that email with the casting director like that aggressive email and your response (laughs) to it is just so telling also of why I think you found so much um success in what you're doing like I think if most people would get an email like that and be like well F you like that's, that's defensive or yeah. like apologetic maybe even
2: like yeah. I was definitely apologetic, but I was like, this what? person just sounds like they know
1: what they're talking about. That's such a, that's so <laughs> smart to just kind of reframe it that way and just be like, yeah, what can you share with me? Like, are you willing to, to, you know, just collaborate? And I think that's just so cool. And I think that speaks to why like now we're talking about 10 years of you Founding a, and running a company—it's it really it's right. amazing.
2: It's crazy. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the fact that I have like a team of seventeen working with me. Wow, we have twelve hundred clients now. Wow, over twelve hundred clients. A team of seventeen. I don't. I'm not an agent anymore. On my at my company, I just run the company, um, wow. which is weird. I do team meetings once a week with different departments because we do. We have TV, film, commercial. Broadway of course and then we have our music department um and so I just have a team meeting once a once a week with each team and you know with their ideas we didn't ever have time or energy for that initially like team meetings meetings at all like like again like I didn't have people that were working it was just me in the beginning and then little by little we grew and I added people and adding even people in i didn't know what I was doing. Like I didn't know how to pay them. I didn't know anything. (laughs) Every little step of the way, it was just learning and, and we're still adjusting and learning. Like we have a couple of agents that we're going to be bringing on. And I was everyone that's come on this far. I've always trained them myself. And I was like, And I still am happy to do that part of it. But I was like the continuing learning of, of this process. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I can't be that person for everyone in the company. And I was like, how do I, so I created a mentorship program where everyone is paired with another agent on our team for a year and they all get a mentor and then they Mm -hmm. share commissions in that regard. So I was like, there's, there's always ways to be more creative with how you structure your business if you really just take the time to think it through. Mm. Um, but you know, you have to be creative sometimes
1: <laughs> as yeah. you
2: grow and oh. think about things like think outside the box. Like I don't know how other agencies run because I've never worked at another agency, so I've had to create what Firestarter
1: Entertainment is from scratch. Amazing. Cool. Very amazing. Yeah. Wow.
2: It was fun. It's fun. It's exciting. It's weird. And and it's exhausting. You know, I told you guys before we started, I haven't had a vacation until now in 11 years. My first vacation was this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's my last vacation was in 2012 when I closed phantom. And then I started my company in 2013. And so um, this year was the first Year that we finally went on a vacation. It was crazy. It was I thought I would have more trouble unplugging, honestly, because it's been so long, but I fell into vacation mode in five
0: seconds. Exactly,
2: I know one of my employees, she was like, She's like, My mom says that you're gonna take vacations all the time. I was like, I don't think so. I, like, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Um, but I will try to do more than like every 10 years
1: yeah Yeah. oh wow well I want to be mindful of time since we're coming coming up to our our end um oh my gosh I feel like there's so so much more to talk about I'm like uh, but listen do you have any specific last questions
0: No, just, yeah, I just feel like I could talk to you for hours.
1: I know. It's just so (laughs) inspiring to hear everything that you're doing around around entrepreneurship, between Firestarter, between um, the inclusion group that you were talking about as well. Sorry, I'm butchering the name of that. No, that's right. Inclusion Media Group. Inclusion Media Group. Thank you. Um, I do have one last question just I'm curious to hear kind of how maybe things have changed for you, the agency, in light of the kind of general weird slowdown period, it feels like now. And with like the WGA strike, impending SAG strike, like how has that affected kind of the day to day of what's going on?
2: Well, because we're kind of diversified in that we do do commercials, we do do Broadway, Mm -hmm. Um it, I would say like our admin team who sends out the majority of auditions and things like that they're still really busy because we still have Broadway and all the other stuff going on. Right. Um however obviously TV film is just like nothing right now. Oof. Um so my TV film agents are basically on a vacation.
1: <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good.
2: Yeah, so they're taking a, a mini break while this is happening. Um, but, and it is, I mean, at the end of the day, like these things will happen. They, there's always going to be, um, you know, strikes things, you know, things happen. Like we had a mini break during COVID as well for Broadway, right? Like mm. it was almost a whole year or was it a year? It was, 18, it was a full yeah. year, you know, theater. Yeah. yeah, it was a long time. So um, we didn't have theater for a long time. That was a big theater break. But luckily, again, we were diversified, so there was a lot of television, film, and commercials during that time to keep us going. But, yeah. um, but I'm also, I will say, as a business owner, any business owners out there being fiscally conservative is the one reason why we've been able to survive all of these times. So Mm. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Susie Orman. Mm -hmm. So I used to be obsessed with Susie Orman. And this is before I knew I was an entrepreneur. I should have known when I was watching her show that I was Mm. so interested in her money talks. And I I also was getting my master's in finance before I decided to, like, go into being a performer. So I... I only went to one day, by the way. I'm a very quick decision maker. I like literally was in my master's program. I sat there in class and the professor wrote on the board, Why are you here? And I literally sat there and went, Why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and for the rest of the class, all I could think about is, Why am I here? And I had an audition the next day. Oh, God. um, And I was like, how am I going to go to that audition? Like, what am I doing? What if I book that? Which I ended up booking it too, which is really funny. It was for Disneyland for their 50 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I doing here? And I, I literally turned in my books that day. I got a bill for 30 bucks. And that was that. Um, all <laughs> so that I've always really loved finance and stuff like that. And I, um, I watched Susie Orman and one of the things that she was, really intense about during the last slowdown so 2007 2008 was when i was watching her and she um and i mean financial slowdown not necessarily entertainment slowdown um she was talking about i guess a lot of financial people always say three to four months of emergency funds like to save for your you know for emergencies She like moved that up to like eight months. Oh, wow. And then I took that and I was like, I need a year. (laughs) Mm I was like, as long as I have a year, I could be safe. And so when I started my company, I treated it the same. I was like, when, like, I didn't pay myself until I had a year saved up that I could pay myself for a full year, the minimum amount. Like, I'm not talking about a good real salary. I'm talking about like just enough to pay my rent and like whatever else at the time. I was like, as long as I could make this little bit of salary for a full year, like I won't pay myself until that much is saved in our business account. Same with like getting our office in L.A. Unless I have a full year saved, I cannot get an office until I can afford it for a full year. Um, so, and when I've got our first employees, when I got, you know, people coming on board cannot bring anyone on until I could afford them for a whole year. Mm. So everything. So we've been prepared for a pandemic. We've been prepared for SAG. We've been prepared for the WGA strike. We've been prepared for these slowdowns the whole time because Mm. I always have a buffer of a year so we could at least survive. And that's without any money coming in obviously we still have money coming in, right? Because we still have, we're diversified in our, in our, um, yeah. in our exploits with what we do. And so um, we've never, I mean, knock on wood, we've never had zero coming in, but I always operate in worst case scenarios, which I think is the best thing you could always do as a business owner is like, if nothing comes in, because we operate off of commissions, right? Mm. So if zero commissions come in, what are we going to do? right. right? So we live in a world, I pretend as if that could happen at any time. And mm. can we survive a year if that happens? Yes, the answer is yes. And yeah. luckily, none of the downturns ever last that long. Yeah. So it's been, it's been good, you know. I'm, but you have to be very fiscally conservative when you run a business. Like that, that I would say, is probably number one on the list. Mm. Don't buy any. My husband's dad, you know, my husband's family, they're entrepreneurs. Anyway, he says, you make money when you buy.
1: So hmm. it's not
2: like the money that you have coming in. It's how you spend the money.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. That's really, really smart. Yeah. yeah. So
2: we didn't take vacations and stuff like yeah. and I was still teaching for all that time, you know, it was like, why, you know, spend all my money on vacations when I'm putting most of it back into the company to grow it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, sacrifice
2: <laughs> definitely, but it pays off. It really, really, really does. But it's not. It's not always pretty, you right? Know? Right. And that's okay. If you really have a dream, and if you really have a goal, and you really, really want something, those sacrifices are freaking worth it. Totally. Because once you get, I mean, this is the only life we have. This mm-hmm. is it. Like there's nothing else. This is it. Unless you believe in like reincarnation or whatever, but will you even remember? I don't remember that I was reincarnated if I was. So in my opinion, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> like You know, even if you are reincarnated, I don't remember my other life. So this is the life I remember and this is what we have right now. So use it wisely, you know, and, and it doesn't mean to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't mean to be anything. It means be true to yourself. Yes. You know, Be true to your interests, be true to your passions, be true to your goals. And it doesn't even mean quit your day job. Your day job may be able to support your goal of traveling, Mm. but be true to the fact that that's what you want to be doing. So save up your money, work your day job so that you can travel, Mm. you know, but just be really truthful and mindful with people will just like do stuff willy nilly and not realize that they really need to be focusing. What do I want? How do I get it? And how do I sustain my own life so I can still eat and, you know, this yeah. yeah, right. right? So you have to be mindful. People I think are frivolous. Like they'll go and like have their Starbucks every day when in reality is the Starbucks really supporting your goal to travel.
0: Yeah.
2: No, you know, is that, is that money that you're spending there really providing you the savings to get what you truly want? If you want to pay off your debt, can you pay off your debt by spending it on Starbucks every day? No. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there are things it's called sacrifice and people, you know, I think people are really frivolous Mm
1: -hmm. with how
2: they live sometimes and they're not really, truly focused on their goals. And if you truly, truly focus on your goals, you can really succeed in whatever you want to do. But You have to be really, really, really strategic and mindful and thoughtful and, you know. But they could do it. Anyone could do it. Yeah. I'm not special in any way. I promise you that much. I'm just a really hard worker and I focus.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to say as we <laughs> wrap up, you are special.
2: You yeah. have been
0: so inspiring. You are amazing. I'm amazed at everything you're doing and have created. And I'm so excited to continue to follow your career because I know that you're just going to continue to create and make amazing things. And, um, You've so much to be proud of, and this has just been such a wonderful episode and a fun conversation.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for having me, ladies. This was so fun. Yes, <laughs> thank I you. It. I love it
1: so thank much. Yes, yeah, so
2: so. You guys too, and I listened to some of your podcasts, and they were really great. Oh, before, I, before I said yes, to coming along, oh. <laughs> I yeah, was like. oh thank like, I think you guys interviewed one of my friends, TT. Yes, we, love yes, we I mean, love did it. it. I'm going to do
1: it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Talk about another inspiring entrepreneur. Like, yeah. say, oh, my gosh. I think that's why we're friends. Yeah. I think
2: surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded is so important.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yes. Thank you so, so much, Nicole. You are so inspiring. And yeah, Aww. can't wait to, to, to everything Alyssa said. Keep following your journey.
2: Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. So focused.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We always love hearing from you. You can email us at positivecreativitypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at positivecreativitypodcast. And for more info on our guest today, Please view the show notes. Join us next time on Positive Creativity Podcast.